podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. Kiss! Kicka! I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today, we are checking out the movie Hobgoblins. Because we... We, we get something. <laughs> because, so, there's a couple thoughts surrounding this. One, this is our last episode of the year. It felt kind of weird starting a new season, you know, before we fucked off 2019. Because as, as anybody who listens to the show consistently knows, this year has tried to kill us. So, don't really want to start anything fresh in this. Also, what we were thinking, because... There's only so many movies and media that the Degrassi kids have ended up in outside of fucking um, Degrassi that we might transition our interludes between seasons into um, into just kids in peril. <laughs> so, like, just watching media in which kids are in peril. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't really... Well, the thing is, I chose this before I realized they're all under 21 in this movie. But I also just want to make a new movie segment we do on the the show called Kids Who Are Dealing With Far Too Much. I can't wait for this to also open up for our inevitable Fire Emblem episode. Fire Emblem, Persona 4, 3, and 5. I'm very excited to just talk about kids in peril all the fucking time. Our Animorphs episode. Yeah, we can do Animorphs. I like Animorphs. This isn't like a a chore to do. (laughs) It's not like Battlestar, which... Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if Battlestar is good or not, the way you talk about it. It's good at the beginning, and then, like, the tail end gets kind of metaphysical with no point. Please tell me this isn't a controversial take, because if I have a bunch of people no, wanting to I give think, me Battlestar opinions on, uh... I think all of us can agree that, in certain ways, the series finale ended satisfactory, and in other ways, it was just like, what? So... Anywho, um, yeah, the movie Hobgoblins. If you Hobgoblins. Do, if you don't know about this movie, you're in the general populace. I love this movie. I enjoy so, this movie as well. So, a little bit about me. I'm incredibly pretentious, and I'm I'm pretty well aware of this. So, uh, you know, I, I mean it when I say take my recommendations with a grain of salt because I I understand I am a bit of a pretentious asshole. Um, however, my weakness is movies because I personally have not seen many. For example, I know that this is a ripoff of Gremlins, but I myself have not seen Gremlins. I, Gremlins scared the shit out of me as a kid. Did it really? Okay. The, the, I, which is why I didn't want to watch this episode of MSC3K for the longest time, because the Hobgoblin scared me. But then I actually watched the episode, and I'm like, these are the least frightening things I've ever seen. Ugh, this movie's a delight. So, with me, for somebody who is incredibly pretentious, I also just love... Just things that are just so irreverent and just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so, so this was pitched to me, I think I saw it about a year ago, which is really funny. Um, I was just like this, like, very ridiculous little movie. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's watch it. And it, it is by no mean a joyful movie, but man, it gives me so much joy. It's one of those bad movies where you can tell everyone was game for it. And that, like, but not in a depressing, we think we're making something great. It's just very clear, like, we're making something. Right. Like, nobody, like, nobody thinks this is their big break. Like. No. The thing is a trash fire, and it's a very fun trash fire. Yeah, it's just incredibly delightful in, in its, you know what, it's absurd. And I think that's what makes it fun. They're, like. Like two week uh, last week, as you know, we just watched a Veterans Christmas, 
And that movie is garbage because everybody's taking it so fucking seriously. Like, there's sound effects in this movie where people are going like, boing! Like, like it's so funny. Like, so clearly somebody at some point was like, we're not make like, this... This isn't gonna be the next big thing. So let's just make something that you can just sit back, like, and have fun with. Right. Like, we, we opted to watch everything together today, because we, we've filmed, we've recorded the past three episodes all in one shot. We've spent the whole day together, which has been quite lovely. Um, and we, <laughs> it's, our, it's now, like, our new, when I have a Saturday off, it's just spent with Donnie recording episodes. You're right. And honestly, I think it's for the better of the show, and also for the better of our mental health and everything. Yeah. Anyway... What is really delightful about this was we literally were just sitting around laughing, eating Takis, and, like, having a good fucking time. And, yeah. like, that that feels right with this movie. Um, so I originally saw this on MST3K, um, but we opted to watch the clean version, which is featured in 13... It's, like, on if you look up on Amazon and just look up Elvira, it's, like, she has a season of 13 different movies... I think this is, like, number four or something. But she also just pops in with little jokes here and there, and it's just being wonderfully Elvira. Right, right. So it's, like, a, a little, you know, a little kick. Um, I've seen... I saw it originally without, like, with, uh, without either influence. Um, but it's just such a fucking... <laughs> Both Donnie and I, like, were talking about how much we had, like, the giant crushes we had on Elvira and how much we love her. Right. Like, it was just, like, a fun... It was a fun... It's a fun romp. In a weird way. Yeah. In a weird way, it's a romp. Shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, should we do a quick, I mean, what is there to say? What is there to say? They're hobgoblins. They go into your, they're these tiny little, little stuffed animals. <laughs> they, these are very <laughs> can drive. Who can drive golf carts. Like, we're, we're not talking Henson-level puppets. We're talking, no. these are Their just. Their mouths maybe can move. Yeah, but like. I don't even think you can get a hand in there. Here's my theory. I think... I have not looked up any trivia about this movie. I really think only two of them had articulated mouths. I think you're right. I think, like, max two of them had articulated mouths. And then the others were just kind of like... <laughs> like, you can very clearly... Somebody's holding the Bobgoblin from the bottom as it rises up. So, like... Like, uh, they, they never walk upright. They're all, no. like, like they're on so all good. They're so good. So, a Hobgoblin... Is a tiny little critter that was sent from, we don't know where, but they crashed onto a movie set in a small town, um, and they can tap into your mind and give you your hopes and dreams, but they can kill you and maim you through manipulating you into your hopes and dreams. Yeah. So, this is about a bunch of incredibly horny, um... I'm gonna say I'm I'm guessing they're supposed to be like eighteen, nineteen. That's my read. They're not twenty one yet, but they don't talk about being in high school and they have jobs. So yeah. that reads to me like post high school. Um, before we get too far into this, um, just some quick content warnings. Uh, so even though from my read of it, they are not in high school. It's still I feel like they're in the eighteen nineteen territory. So we'll probably be talking a little bit about teenage sexuality. Um, there's some blood and gore, though not that much, um, but we may mention it. Um, also may mention and discuss sexual assault and suicide. Um, just so you're aware, just so, I think this is kind, that kind of covers all the content warnings, but if there's anything that needs to be updated, Frank will just add it to the description, so feel free to take a second to scroll down to the description, make sure that you are good, 
and if you need to take a break or skip certain parts the everything's kind of laid out in there um so the whole entire thing starts off with this very rowdy young security guard who just has his headphones in listening to his rock music as this older security guard approaches him and scolds him looking for like it. matlock what looking like matlock <laughs> yep um and he says like you know we have to do the rounds um and as they're doing the rounds the older fellow establishes um his name is mr mccready establishes that you know this is an old there's an old film vault do not enter there and of course the young guy immediately is like oh that sounds great and it's so funny because this vault is gate is like gated with like iron bar like an iron bar door um and there's no locks whatsoever like, like he not even it's not even like he has a master key to unlock it he just opens up every door okay yeah it's it's a jail cell right a bank vault right <laughs> which all the, now that i'm thinking about it where the fuck did they actually like film this at did they actually have a bank vault that let them film here well I don't know if that, I don't know if every single bank vault lock is like that, but, or like, you know, every vault lock is the same. But I do know that when I worked at a, um, historical archive, they also had a vault with a similar kind of door, and that's where they put, like, all the important documents. And, I mean, but look, they're very clear, this is not just, like, paper mache or whatever. No. This, this door has weight, as it takes, like, these people a lot to move it. Okay, and then you get through the giant bank vault door, which is not locked, and then you get to another barred door, which is also not locked. And he, like, um, the older security guard is called away. The younger one is just like, well, I'm going to go see what's in this place I'm told not to go to. Here's copious amounts of growling and yep. just keeps going forward. And there's just, like, green light. Yeah. Little, little ambiance as they're snarling. And, of course, the guy's like, wah, wah, wah. And he ends up on the stage. And some music starts playing. No audience, just just purely in the moment. No, no audience, no band members, not enough money in the plot. I'm assuming this is just a repurposed club scum. You're probably right. You're probably exactly right. <laughs> we'll, from... we'll get, don't worry, we'll get to club scum. <laughs> club scum. Is... My home. Your home is not club scum. <laughs> Me, Basil, and Dahlia hanging out with our leather jackets. It's club scum. Oh my god, cats in little leather jackets would be so cute. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, they're pretty young. You should start training them to wear clothes. I really should. I have to get clothes for them. Yeah. Anyway. Let's go shopping for my girls. Um, <sighs> so... He, like, jumps off the stage. Well, he, well, before that, he does a whole... <laughs> whole just routine. Basically, Mick Jagger impersonation, but doesn't sing a goddamn word. No, and he's then, just, like, tossing the mic stand, and you can hear the mic stand banging around. Which he, he's going, <laughs> It's so funny. Um, and then he uh, just falls off the stage, um, and... That's when the old guy discovers him. Yeah, his head's cracked open, and the old guy's just like, ah, fuck, and closes the door. Boom, hobgoblins. Boom, the hobgoblins. Oh, he just lo- relocks the door. Maybe yeah. that's what they eat. All the dead scary art. He does reveal in the next scene as he's talking to his boss that the young guy quit, and that this has been the, like, third fucking guy. How many people has this old man fed to the hobgoblins? Right, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, how many... Like, do you, do you hire them based on, like, if they would be good hobgoblin food? <laughs> you look like you got some tender flanks on you, young man. 
Right. Like, it's like, ooh. And what did you say? Your parents aren't around? Excellent. 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 So, you know, this guy just is complicit in rapid... In hobgoblin murder. Right, in, in hobgoblin murder. Um... Um... <laughs> so... Anyway, so um, the boss says that, like, a second guard is necessary. You know, this guy is getting older, um, and he finds a new guy who is named Kevin. Um, he explains... Who is such a goddamn weenie. Right, he's a weenie. He's like, I'll take notes. <laughs> you don't want me to go into that vault? You got it, sir. Such a weenie. <laughs> he's a weenie. Um, and he's like, do you listen to rock music on your headphones? He's like... I sure don't. And he's like, great. <laughs> you can tell you can tell Kevin was the kind of kid who asked when the teacher was going to collect the homework. Oh, 100%. Um, so he's shown all around the studio, which just seems to consist of a hallway, the vault room. And he's given a gun. <laughs> a gun. Fucking gun. He's provided a gun. Um, and, when, and then eventually he comes to um, home. Wait, um, I can't, like... I don't know if security guards are allowed to carry guns, but, like, I'm just imagining any other job where I'm just handed a weapon. Just, right. Like, with no bother to saying, you're going to be carrying a gun, or, like, did you wear your train on this? Oh, well, here's your gun. Right. I mean, the thing about this movie is, like, because it's not trying to be more than it is, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Which is, like, a really weird stipulation for me to have. But it's true. Like, if something is trying... So, like, Degrassi, if they're trying... If they just, like, toss someone a gun, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you, you're Degrassi. You would not just do that. But in the case of, like, this, I'm like, yeah, sure. Kevin's got a gun. Okay. <laughs> like, I understand it might seem be seen as contradictive, but... No, I mean, I think, I think it makes perfect sense. I also have always wanted to have somebody tell me to turn to my gun and badge. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I have a badge at work and just, like... What if they, like, when I finally quit or get fired, they're like, turn in your badge. I just put my badge down, and I just, like, open up my, like, zip-up sweater and just unhook a, like, shoulder holster and put that down. <laughs> like, why did you have that? <laughs> it's just like, uh. You never know. <laughs> that was part of the job. Um, but Kevin comes home in daylight. You work at a Haagen-Dazs. Uh. <laughs> uh, Kevin comes home, and he has video um like a little vhs tape for him and amy his girlfriend and daphne who also is there who is looking like every cliche of 80s fashion cindy lopper yeah but like cindy lopper a bad cindy lopper like cindy lopper actually wore black you know what i mean like daphne is like all color speaking of which i just saw cindy lopper and um henry rollins did a pretty frocking version of rise above really yeah, like she can, she got some fucking punk pipes on her. She's great. Yeah, I mean, I have yellow hair, which she has also rocked. So yeah. obviously, we are kindred spirits. The two of them just like rise above. You gotta rise above. I'll see if I can find it. And send it to you. Sounds good to me. Um, so <laughs> Daphne does not look like Cindy Lauper, and instead looks really fucking funny. Um, and looks so, so, okay. Daphne's look is a. Um, it looks like what you wear if you're going to an '80s party. Multi. She looks like she she was dressed by the Degrassi kids before they went to their 80s party. I don't know. They looked way better, in my opinion. Remember Manny and her cute look? Yeah. Oh, she looked so um, cute. So, she, so Daphne is wearing uh, 
tights, shiny tights, she's a tank top. LeMay leggings. Oh. And she's wearing a very flimsy, really looks like a camisole. And then she's wearing a lace skirt over the leggings. Um, Kyle is wearing red shorts. <laughs> yes, this is another friend. He's wearing red shorts. Um, and you had some theories about Kyle. I think Kyle is written in a way that he's supposed to be read as queer coded. I mean, I could see it. But... I think that he is trying to be very performative. His whole entire thing is that he keeps calling on like sex hotlines and running up Kevin's phone bill. But also, I feel this because he, especially during the scene, was like sitting on the couch really close to Kevin and like just constantly focused on Kevin. That that was what my read was on the situation. Like, we were supposed to read that Kyle is trying to compensate for something. Do we have to write some Kyle, Kevin slash fiction? No. No, we, we don't. Although now I'm checking on AO3 to see if anyone's ever written a Hobgoblin something. <laughs> Carry on. You'd be surprised. I um, know, that's why I'm looking. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of discussion about how like they keep getting PG-13 movies and how... Uh, no, PG movies. PG movies. PG-13 I don't think existed yet. Um, anyway... Um, Daphne's just like, my boyfriend wouldn't want me to see anything about a single X rating. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of her boyfriend, he shows up. His name is Nick. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he just got back from train, basic from two training. two months of basic training. And the way Nick is introduced is, Daphne says, you know what a man wants after two months of basic training? And Amy says, no, what does he want? And we cut to outside, and Nick is going woo and pelvic thrusting. It's so good. (laughs) Um, uh, Daphne pops out and just like, how would you just like sways her hips? Not even sways, like just blast her hips back and forth, like in front of us. So bad news: there is no Hobgoblins fanfic on Ao3. However, there is 133 fanfic relating to Hobbs and Shaw. Along with 87 Hocus Hocus Pocus dicks. <laughs> Along with 12 from a movie called The Hogfather. Oh, yeah, no, that's Terry Pratchett. Oh, okay. That's the one where Death dresses like Santa Claus. Okay, well, there are 12 fics. Oh. 36 Home Alone fics. Um, one about the home at the end of the world. It's so, in Japanese. So they go back into the oh, house. Daphne's tagged a little bad. Anyway. Daphne sings the song, Everybody have sex tonight. Oh my god, it was so funny. If if you're not a um, child of the 80s or don't know of 80s music, that's a parody of the song, Everybody Wang Chung Tonight, which Wang Chung does mean sex. Um, You know, Orientalism at work. um, 6,221 fics for How to Train Your Dragon. I want to learn this, so we're going to have to do. Uh, <laughs> Tell me how many home improvement fix there are in the closet. Okay. Well, I have to go under TV. So <laughs> give me a second. Um, Nick talks about all the things he did in basic training. He sounds like a stupid meathead. Um, you know. But, I mean, that's his character. That is. That's it. That's his character, you know, his character thing. And Amy is just like, Kevin, you're a piece of shit in comparison to Nick. Which I'm like, oh. Nick talks about wanting to kill things, which is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. It has a death drive. So then, like... 21 for home improvement. Wow. Um, so then Nick says, I can teach you all about hand-to-hand combat. And ladies and gentlemen, 
this is the greatest fucking fight scene I've ever seen in a movie. What is that? It is one person who has written eight of the home improvement fanfics <laughs> related. They are all Jim Taylor slash Jill Taylor slash Tim Taylor. Ugh. Gross. Uh, hurt comfort, angst with a happy ending. Oh my god! I bet you almost all of them are about that one episode where JTT had the throat thing, and like it was benign in the show, but I bet you it's not in that. Um, dancing at three a.m. Uh... Anyway. Um, so, Nick picks up a rake, and... They just whack the shit out of each other's hand, like, the handle. So it's just like, whack, 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 whack. Like, literally five or six minutes of people just stick fighting with gardening equipment. Yep. Like, Elvira would, would throughout the movie, Elvira would occasionally pop in and make little comments here and there. This is where she's at her, like, most frequent. I think because the producers were just like, this shit is so fucking boring! Right, it just, like, kept going. And, like, the thing is, is, like, the choreography is so boring. Because it's just the two of them hitting, whacking the, uh, along the handle. Yeah. It's like, it's not even like they're whipping out the sharp part of, of the, um... Of the rake or anything. And every every time the gardening instruments hit each other, there's a little Casio, like, like, um, and then finally, like, Nick wins, because of course he does, and, like, Daphne's like, my hero, and they go into Nick's van to boink, and you can tell the van is rocking back and forth with... That's a very good impression. Thank you. I've thought long and hard about it. Um, and Amy is once again disappointed in Nick. Oh, not Nick, uh, Kevin. And honestly, I'm just like, what is the, like, big attraction of Amy? Because <laughs> Amy seems like a pretty big killjoy. <laughs> right, right. Like, Amy just, it, like... <laughs> Is she funny? <laughs> like, I, 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 like, Donnie, do you ever see Arrested Development? No. Like, there's this, like, George Michael gets this girlfriend who's kind of plain, and everybody just keeps... Oh, I heard something entirely different. I did not hear Arrested Development. I heard Resident Element, and I was like, the fuck is Resident Element? Yeah, and, like... And, yes. Her? <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, like, I'd rather... Like, I would rather date Anne than, like, Amy, because Amy is just, like, such a, like, just complainer. <laughs> I would just go for Daphne. She seems fun. Yeah. I mean, she's a bit of a jerk, but, like... Yeah. If I had to choose between the two, I'd pick Daphne. She sounds fun, at least. Um. So, the boinking in the van ceases. <laughs> um, and Elvira pops up and is just like, well, that was fast. Right. And it, it's definitely supposed to be read that way. It's just, like, literally, like, a minute. And then they run out and they're just so happy in each other's arms. And it's just so fucking funny. And, of course, like, she does this multiple times where she just, like, jumps into his arms and he catches her. It's just hilarious to me. Um, so cut back to the abandoned film studio. <laughs> well, also keep in mind that Kyle is running up the phone bill by calling Fantasia, who's... Fantasia with a Z. Fantasia, whose fucking toll number is like something something skag, which is... <laughs> Jesus fuck. Super... Well, I think back then it would have just been 1-900-SCAG. 
Yeah. Because we only got the ten digit, like, in the early aughts. Because I remember all of a sudden I had to remember more numbers. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, the, the Fantasia, the Fantasia, Fantasia, whatever, that Fantasia. actress is very clearly just having a good she's time. She's so funny because she just picks up the phone and she's just like, she just gives this whole entire fantasy, no input from him, just is like, we're going to go to the movies and this is exactly what's going to happen and I'm going to take off my clothes and, 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 and just like all of this type of stuff. It's like, and then like the movie, the lights will kick on and I will be naked and then it'll be the second act. I was just like losing it because it's just so funny and she like picks up, there's somebody else calls, she just goes... Please hold. And the gang's up. And it's just so over the top. Thanks for the money, idiot. Click. <laughs> right. And she's, like, dressed really, like, proper. Like, she has, like, a very high-collared shirt. And she has, like, a, like an ascot and everything. And it's really hysterical. And she also glances at the phone with such, like, derision. Yes. She's just like, oh, here we go again. She's my favorite. Oh, no, definitely. She's my favorite. Followed by Daphne. Yeah. I, I, I love them both. Um... And Kevin walks in and is like, you're not making a long distance call, are you? Somebody just keeps calling up sex lines and I keep having to fight the phone bill, like the phone company to say that it's not me. Yeah. Which, what the fuck? That's horrible. Um, but um, this is before the rake fight, but it's still really funny to me. Um, anyway, so we end up at the um, place of work and... As they are, they see somebody's kind of sneaking onto the, pre- the premises. Um, the guy grabs McCready with a knife, um, and Kevin grabs the gun and finds the guy. See, that's not. I don't think the old man is McCready. I think oh. his boss is McCready. Let's check IMDb. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like this thug grabs the old man with a knife. Let's not use the word thug. You're right. Um, this <laughs> this 1950s biker man grabs right. the old man with a knife. A big knife. And um, Kevin runs over with the gun. He points the gun at the guy. He says, you don't I, know how to shoot. No, but I'm incorrect. The old man is McCready. I'm sorry. Who's his boss then? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Kevin grabs the gun and runs to uh, save McCready from the 1950s biker. And he's like, get away from him. And the the biker's just like, what, is this your grandson? Yeah, it's just like really, it's just funny, honestly. And it's like, you don't even know how to use that gun. Right, exactly. It's and Kevin like, whines some more and she, like shoots it into the air. Right. He's like, and then, then he's like, I wish Amy could have been here for this. Yeah, and like that's the whole thing, which is really, really funny. Because, like, with, um, with Kevin, it's, like, any time he has a chance at being a hero, he wants to be a hero to prove Amy <laughs> that he is one, as opposed to just, like, he's an incredibly funny protagonist in that sense, where everything is just a huge posturing for his girlfriend, as opposed to, like, this inherent wanting to do good. Honestly, more deaf to him than Joe from A Veteran's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Honestly, all these characters have more depth than any of the characters, other than Justice, yeah. In in a, a veterans Christmas, and yes, I am also calling out Christmas the dog. <laughs> man, Justice would have made short work of these hobgoblins. Right? Oh man, Justice would have gone so hard. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. Kevin heads to the <laughs> unlocked vault. I call it Hobgoblin Central. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Kevin heads to Hobgoblin Central. Op- My home. Opens it up. And the hob- He's like, I think that's where the guy went. He's saying into the walkie. Which he then leaves on the floor. And of course, 
McCready, like, five minutes later, is like, wait, don't go there! <laughs> he, like, had to think about it. The hobgoblins flee into the night, um, where... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. McCready, like, pulls... <laughs> McCready pulls Kevin out of the, the vault, and he's like, it's too late. Because, of course, the way these go- the hobgoblins are fabricated, they don't have legs, and they can't really look like they're moving. So, I assume that's why we don't see them escape. We just <laughs> have to assume they are scurrying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they scurry past, growling. Um, it's so funny. Kevin and McCree head out back to the lot, and a bunch of them have just hijacked a cop car. It is the best <laughs> shot. You have all of these tiny little stuffed animal hobgoblins, one of which wiggling to drive the, the fucking wheel, and I fucking lose it every damn time i see these little fucking hobgoblins i love them so much at no point do they ever say how many there are no it's impossible to quantify how many hobgoblins there are um especially because like later he reveals that he only saw two so i guess they were able to procreate but it doesn't seem like they procreate very quickly because there's only like seven yeah (laughs) but um (laughs) they could only fabricate so many um, anyway, McCready is just like, it's too late. You know, I spent 30 years trying to prevent this from happening, which results in a flashback, which is really funny because it's the same actor, except they just dyed his hair. They, like, colored in his hair black and his eyebrows black. Um, <laughs> Elvira pops up to say, wow, amazing what a little shoe polish can do. Which I agree, Elvira. Um, and he says that, you know, back when this was a booming film set, he saw an explosion and he looked down and the hobgoblins were there. And he's like, I kind of thought they looked cute. And then you have these two cobgoblins like, <laughs> they're, they're in a little like space capsule. <laughs> it's so good. Like it opened up and I went, look, it's Basil and Dahlia. <laughs> so like, he's like, they tap into people, like it goes to the whole thing. They tap into people's desires and like. Basically creates like. Fantasies that go wrong. They basically create, like, it's it's weird because it's, like, it's part hallucination, part reality. Yeah. Where it's, like, it's hard to tell, like, where, what the rules are of, of what the hobgoblins can do. Because on one hand, it, it it's, it's real. You know what I mean? I think it's, like, it's real, but, like, it's, it's very odd. Because it's, like, anybody and anything that appears in it, other people can see and experience. Yeah. But their take on the situation is different from the person who the cobgoblins are tapping into. Yeah. Um, he points out they're attracted to the bright lights, so they're heading for the city. Mm-hmm. What city we're in, who knows? Yeah, we don't know. Who cares? Um, hobgoblins, baby. Um, he also it's, reveals- all about, it's all about the hobgoblins you don't see. Right. And, and in this case, he also reveals, like, you know, the reason why this studio is so deserted now is because the hobgoblins kept tapping into whatever people that were working on the sets wanted and because of that you end up in a situation where everyone wants to be famous and everyone wants to be adored and everyone wants to be a celebrity which resulted in the demise of of basically everyone who worked on the set there's a there's the bones to a good movie here (laughs) honestly i think that would be actually a very interesting movie but i also respect that this is what we got yeah um so, Kevin is dispatched to go try and find the hobgoblins. And naturally, the hobgoblins are attracted toward his own home, in which there are flashing lights, and Daphne, Amy, and Kyle are dancing around. Oh, God. Some of the worst dancing. It's so good. <laughs> and um, the music is all non-licensed, like, nonsense. 
But here, let me, um, I will sing you the MSC3K version of this. It's the 80s, do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me a lot of like the music gag in uh, BoJack Horseman. <laughs> where it's like whenever there's like an era, they like sing a song that's vaguely in the intonations of what that era music yeah. sounded like. It, it's very much like that. Um. So, um. Oh, uh. Nick's van has a very distinctive horn. Daphne hears the horn. It's a little hobgoblin holding like a bicycle <laughs> horn. <laughs> Um, she's like, that's my neck. I know his horn anywhere. It flashes just the picture window out, like, outside of, um, Kevin's house. Heads outside. And Nick is nowhere to be seen. Um. Amy comes out to give her a jacket. <laughs> Daphne out. is such an asshole to her. Daphne's like, don't you fucking dare. I'm waiting for Nick. Fuck off. This is the MSC3K line from here. Something my sister and I say to each other constantly. You can take your stupid kindness and go to hell. It's really good. And of course, like, the hobgoblins are commiserating right in the fucking bushes. Like, it is so funny. So, um, like, one of them is somehow... At her shoulder. Somehow is able to float up, levitate. <laughs> um, and then, like, she turns to look at the Hobgoblin. They start fighting. And I'll give the actress credit for making it she's look... She's trying. Very, trying very hard to make it look like she's realistically fighting what is essentially a stuffed animal. I, I think what I appreciate about her is, like, she's trying to, to move the Hobgoblin around in a way that it looks like it's scurrying on her. Um, so, like, it doesn't look like it's just stationary on her chest. Like, she's trying to throw it around, and she's, honestly, she's almost selling it, and that, to me, is a feat. Like, that is, like, a, a really job well done. Yeah, so she eventually grabs one of the, she grabs, like, the hoe or the rake or something, and just kills the hobgoblin. Yeah. So, right now, our score is, uh, definitely one hobgoblin. Yes. And so she comes in, of course, as this is happening, as she's thrashing around with this hobgoblin, Amy's just assuming that she and Nick are fucking. No. Um, and of course, when when Daphne comes in and she's all like a mess, Amy's just like, you could have waited. <laughs> uh, and and Daphne's just like, fuck you. <laughs> and then a number of hobgoblins come jumping into the <laughs> Yes, like into the house. four hobgoblins. And Nick arrives. Um, oh, she means three at first, but I think then there becomes four. Uh, Nick arrives, and, um, he's just, like, sees them fighting the hobgoblins. He's like, this must be some kind of new dance. He's like, it looks kinky. Nick reminds me a lot of season one JT, honestly. Yeah, but like a buffer version. Yeah, like AC, like AC Slayer's body JT from, what? Is that in enough? Yeah, it should be good. Okay. Um, A.C. Slater's body with J.T.'s mind. Awful, but true. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's a fucking mess, and it's really funny. Um, um so, like, Nick fi figures out there's monsters, and his solution is to grenade the house. Right, he like, he's like, yeah, I got a grenade, and as he's like grabbing the grenade, Kevin arrives, and Kevin turns out the lights, and that's enough to make the goblins get really, like, you know, upset. And then they run, and then all of the hobgoblins run toward toward the car. Um, and in the midst of all of this, Kyle decides to call Fantasia. Well, the, they all run into Nick's van, and I'm just like, we're both we're just like, like, it's done. Yeah, well, like, just kill them in the van. Right, like, 
get some knives, get some gardening tools, and get in the back of that van and just throw down with some goblins. Right. Do you, like, here's the thing. Do you ever think just, like, the the only horror movie franchise that I can think of that takes place in New Jersey is the Friday the 13th movies. Is that really it? Yeah. Uh, That's really weird. Because Camp Crystal Lake is a real... Well, it's not called Camp Crystal Lake, but, like, it's a camp in New Jersey. Like, you can go to it. Oh, okay. But my thing is just, like, I honestly feel like we don't get that many horror movies because, like... We're a horror movie? Yeah, and, like, if, like, you know, some... Like, some dude is chasing a bunch of, like, New Jersey teenagers, like... You know, once somebody knocks him down, like, we don't just keep running. We're like, let's get some heavy things and just kick the shit out of this dude. Right. Yeah, maybe we're not as, uh, helpless. We're not helpless enough. Yeah, like, like, you're running from him. You just need to get away long enough to call up your cousins, and then your cousins are gonna come and, like, have your back. So, anyway. I feel ya. Um, so, the... The hobgoblins figure out how to unlock the door. Um, Fantasia appears for Kyle. Yeah, so Fantasia starts doing like a fantasy, and then like a kind of like a like a record scratch happens, and then she's like, <laughs> "Okay, wait, 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 we have to talk about the fantasy she's she's building." Oh yeah, she's like, it's like at a zoo. She's like, I gotta hide this iguana on my body somewhere. It's so good. Um, and then it kind of stops and it's like, why are you still living in this fantasy? Like, go out, go to the door. I'm right outside your door. And of course, like, a hobgoblin's right behind Kyle. Just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a little shit-eating hobgoblin grin. Like, honestly, that makes them more terrifying. That they're all just like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what makes me like them. <laughs> They're so sinister. <laughs> like, gremlins, I just thought of those things as, as, like, a great new food source. Like, hobgoblins, I'm just like, I want to hang with these things. Right, like, what <laughs> wretched things can you come up with, my little hobgoblin friend? <laughs> like, um, and honestly, like, first time I watched this movie, I was on the hobgoblin side. Fair enough. Um, anyway. Anyway. So Kyle drives to Reputation Road. Yeah, it, well, there's also a gag where where uh, Kyle's like, I'm going to Reputation Road. And Kevin's like, Amy, where's Reputation Road? Amy's like, I don't know. And then he's like, Daphne, where's Reputation Road? And Daphne knows exactly where it is. And it's like, <laughs> I know that these are like deeply miso- like misogynist jokes, but at the same time, it's just so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't... Th- <sighs> For me, that joke doesn't sound like shaming. It's just like, Daphne's more experienced. Yeah, like, there's a way to perceive it in a way that's not horrible. So I, I, I laughed. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, the, thing, the thing is, like... Much like, um... Much like uh, Marnie Radcliffe and... A Veteran's Christmas is the true hero. Daphne is the true hero. Yeah, Daphne is the actual hero of this. Like, she's already... She, I, I think, actually, at the end, kills equal number of hobgoblins as um, Kevin does. And also, she's the one that actually knows, like, how where things are laid out. Like, she knows where Club Scum is. She knows where Reputation Road is. Like, she actually is a really important resource. Kevin would not have been able to do anything if it wasn't for her kyle would be dead without daphne absolutely and justice for daphne yeah and also okay and when we get to club scum i have more things in praise of daphne yes um 
So, uh, Kyle is like, like Fantasia's like, just sit in the car, lover. Right. Oh, and, no, she's well, like. Well, also, don't forget that Kevin is like, where's Reputation Road? Daphne knows where Reputation Road is. Um, and when Kevin leaves, Nick tries to solicit a threesome and is turned down between Amy and Daphne. Um, and I then, mean, like, if I'm, like, um, for me, that makes sense with Amy. I'm like, no, not you, Nick, and also not Kevin. Kevin's gross. <laughs> right. And then, um... I, Amy deserves to know better men. Right. And then as, as that, after that's denied, Amy looks at an ad in the newspaper for Club Scum. <laughs> which, what was the opening line on the ad? Hello, lowlifes. Yeah, it's like, so good. Hello, lowlifes. Um, and then, of course, she's like, oh, okay. I'm gonna show the girls at church. Right. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but, like, I think they're really funny. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to... There's only the one pornographic newspaper in their house. Right. Um, we, we cut to uh, Kyle at Reputation Road. He parks in front of a sign that says kissing only. Well, he also tries to propose to Fantasia, like, um, on the way there. And she's just like, oh, my fucking God. Um, I'm Let's gonna skip the ceremony and head to the honeymoon. Yeah, and she's just like... <laughs> The, the Fantasia actor actress is probably the best actress in the movie. She's amazing. She's iconic. She's hemming it up so bad. Oh, it's so fun. She's, like, teasing her hair and, like, just, like... She's also wearing, like, lame leggings and, like, a skin-tight With top. pockets. With pockets. Oh, I love her. Um, and... You know, they they go to Reputation Road, they park, Fantasia says, like, you have to be at the edge um, to go all the way, and he, of course, he's like, oh, and she starts pushing his car closer and closer toward the edge of the cliff, and then Kevin comes over to attack, and Fantasia blocks it, question mark? She grabs, like, he, he grabs another, he, he grabs another gardening implement, um... Which he stuffed in the car. Yeah, he jumps at her, like, he swings it down at her, and she one-handed catches it, and then throws him away. Mm-hmm. Also, at some point, Kyle gets out of the car, and he's just like, what are you doing? And she's like, get back in the car. And this guy is just, like, this guy is every fucking stupid, like, cishead male in a movie, where it's just like, I'm, like, walking into what is clearly a murder trap, but I might have sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, like, he's very clearly about to get pushed off the cliff, and he's like, well, I might have sex. Well, if I die, I die. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, closest I've ever gotten to this. Um, a hobgoblin is dangling over the all-the-way sign. Now he's sitting on top of it, he's and Kevin it. just whacks he's it. probably realistically dangling, because somebody <laughs> behind the sign going, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised we didn't just see a hand zip down as Kevin hits it. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, so he knocks the hobgoblin, Kyle and Kevin bicker, and as they are bickering, the car tilts down the hill, cut to a scene of, of the a car different car exploding. Rolling down the hill, exploding. I think, I think the car becomes a Lincoln or something. Yeah, it's like really funny, and Kyle's just like, oh. <laughs> um, Kevin comes back home, Daphne reveals that Amy went to Club Scum, and he's like, why did you let her go? And she's like, I don't know if she wanted to go. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do here? It's like, she's like, I'm not my friend's keeper. She wants to, like, explore new explore new uh, places. That's up to her. Right. Why'd you stop being so controlling, Kevin? Should have told, told her to dump you. Right. And they approach the club, and Daphne says that they have to look like they belong or they won't get in. 
Um, and it's real. This part is also really funny to me because like she just starts like wiggling a little bit. Like I don't know how else to describe it other than like then all of them are kind of shifting from side to side, trying to like l- like I don't know feel the vibe of the space. It's uh, really funny. okay. And let's just descri- okay. So Nick is wearing a camouflage tank top and like cargo pants. Kevin is still in his stupid security guard uniform. Yes. Kyle is still in his red shorts. cream button-down short-sleeve shirt and red shorts. They were not dressed for the club. No, 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 no. Excuse me, the club. The club. Um, the discoteca. Um, <laughs> so they go to the... They go try to get through. There's a guy with, like, a switchblade. Road there. Rash. And then there's Road Rash. Um, Road Rash stops them. Um, and they say that they know someone who is performing. He brings in Pixie, who is wonderful and has this humongous beehive, um, and is like, hey, do you know these these people? And Pixie's like, no, I don't. Um, oh, sorry. Um, Kevin also fights another hobgoblin in the back of Nick's van. Yes, I forgot about that. So that puts the count at... Kevin one. Kiss Kevin me. two. Ke- Kevin two, Daphne one. Daphne one. Um, the bouncer then shoves them aside and sees Daphne and then he's like oh you're friends with Daphne of course we'll let you in wink wonk um and then they end up going into the bar itself um then they there's like this host that is just kind of making weird jokes about what their desires are (laughs) and it's like He's, he's like, ah, you must be here. You must be here for the wet t-shirt contest. And Nick T's like, wet t-shirt contest? And then he's like, donkey mud wrestling? Which I don't even know what the fuck that would entail. Uh, I do not want to look it up. <laughs> um, and Kyle's like, donkey mud wrestling? And finally, get lucky night? And Kevin's like, no. <laughs> and then Daphne also wants the donkey wrestling, but oh, no, no. He, entrance toward the rear. No, he says the donkey mud wrestlers need to exit to- enter towards the rear. That's what it was. And um, anal sex. That's all. That's all you need to know. And Daphne gives him like an annoyed look. All right. Um. And then the band starts performing. Who the is Fontanelles. Fontanelles who sing a bisexual anthem about wanting ninety nine boys and ninety nine girls. Which until this until I saw the subtitles today, I did not know it was called Kiss Kicker. And you thought it was Fish Picker, Pig Sticker, Kiss Kicker, Kiss Ninety Nine Boys, Kiss Ninety Nine Girls. Yeah, um, there is a like we get to see Pixie dancing on like a amp amplifier or something. Yeah, the 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 they basically performed the full song. <laughs> Elvira pops in to also like dance along to it, which yeah. I thought was really cute. That was cute. Um, so they, so the whole entire performance happens, and then the next act is Amy doing kind of like a burlesque act. Um, she is dressed in a rather saucy look. With um, her hair all teased, she is also wearing a, like, one, kind of like a one-piece-ish look. Not quite, but it looks like one. Um, and then has, like, this tulle, like, back skirt, and she's just kind of, she has, like, these high gloves that she eventually removes and tosses into the crowd, set to the music. Um, and she is doing a horny little dance. Um, she tells... The men that she wants them to take her under the table, to use her, spill out their drinks on her. 
and show everyone she's not wearing any underwear under what is clearly underwear. Yes, and Amy and Road Rash are doing a lot of sticking tongues out at each other, and she goes toward him. <laughs> Road Rash is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, he is disgusting. Um, and then they, like, kind of, like, dirty talk while she's on the mic, and Kevin is seeing Red, and... As this is all happening, Nick sees his commander, who then gives him supplies to basically look like Rambo. Um, it's a like it's a thing of fifty caliber machine gun bullets, an Uzi, and several grenades, and a stupid red bandana. Right. So as you can see, the hobgoblins have locked into these two. Um, and. Uh, the host and Pixie admit their love for each other and start making out. Mm-hmm. Kyle hits a um, hobgoblin in the head of a bottle. Keep in mind, all of this is happening. The hobgoblins are just kind of like scurrying across the floor <laughs> as Kyle is like stumbling after them. Yeah, well, Kyle and Kevin are chasing after the hobgoblins. As like everything else is happening. Um, and then... Um, uh, whatchamacallit. Kyle takes out one hobgoblin with a bottle, and then that on that makes the host and Pixie realize what they're doing. Yeah, and then he gives the bottle to Pixie to hit the host with. Yeah, and then of course as she's hitting him, she's barely hitting him. Not even like touching him. Not even like a making, close. making like, <laughs> weird noises. It's making sound effects. Yeah. Um, then, uh, like, Nick is just throwing grenades everywhere. Right. This is like, I actually found this to be incredibly dark. Yeah. This is like the actually darkest part because he's throwing grenades, which is terrifying. And then the commander starts hitting on Daphne. He says this really awful thing about how she can pleasure a bunch of soldiers. Well, at at first, like the three, our three heroes, um, heroes? (laughs) hop under a table to hide from the explosions. A, um, a hobgoblin pops out. Kevin strangles it. That wakes up Amy. Um, they come out from under the table because to try and see if it's the right one. And that's when the sergeant says, like, you should join a USO tour. And, like, says some other horrible shit. And he's like, we're going to get rid of Nick completely. And he throws a grenade and tells Nick to jump on it. Which is pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally fucked up. Um, we get a shot of one of my favorite things in... Uh, early movie things, which is the man clearly wearing, like, um, a flame retardant suit, stumbling around on fire. Because <laughs> they all just kind of take the same, like, just vaguely waving their arms and stumbling a few feet. Right. Um, and at this point, Daphne's had enough of being talked to that way, which mm-hmm. completely understand. She pulls a um, pin out of, like, one of Sergeant Parker's grenades and throws him at a pair of hobgoblins. Um, He explodes, kills two of the hobgoblins. Yep. So now we're at Daphne... Daphne 3. Mm-hmm. Kevin 3. Kyle 1. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. So... But yeah, it's, like, incredibly dark. Yeah, but this is what I'm, like... My thing is, like, Daphne, like, you know, Daphne does not make apologies for herself. No, she doesn't make apologies for herself. It's just Nick being willing to just die. Yeah. 
Um, but that's what I like about Daphne. What, what I like about Daphne is that she's just like, yeah, I'm just, I do my stuff and yeah, you will not shame me for it. Right. Cause like Nick also makes a lot of jokes because a lot of the guys at the club know her Yeah, and, and you know, he's like, makes a lot of crass comments about her and she's like, yeah, and <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. And as we know by now, I have a soft spot for this type, this like archetype of character. Yeah. I can acknowledge its flaws, but at the same time, I'm a sucker for it. Um, they decide to head back to the studio. Amy's just like, I kind of like this new look. Um, when they head back to the studio, the, uh, 1950s motorcycle got biker is there with a pair of nunchucks. He gives it, he gives a pair to Kevin so they can have a shove fight. Yep. Um, and then McCready shoots a hobgoblin. The rest of the hobgoblins flee back to the vault. It's also to be noted that the uh, nine the nineteen fifties biker dude disappears, meaning that the hobgoblins tapped into Kevin. Yeah. So. Did they, do you think they tapped into him before? I don't know because he's so obsessed with wanting to impress Amy. You know what? I think the first one was just a dude. Yes. Though he says, "I I thought I saw him run this way." Like, into the vault. Because the hobgoblins had already tapped into him. Yeah. Mm. Is this movie secretly good? <laughs> maybe maybe that's the whole entire thing. Maybe that's the hobgoblins. Because the hobgoblins have never really seemed to be able to tap into McCready. Maybe the hobgoblins' web is far, far reaching, hence why all of these younger employees have died. Because they have all been tapped into pretty much as soon as they went on the job. There, there's a there's a joke that the MST3K guys make when, like, McCree's explaining this. It's like, everybody's getting their hopes and desires. And a Crow just goes, fortunately for me, all I wanted was a good thermos. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, what if that was the issue? Like, he just didn't want anything, so right. what he had. Um, at this point, McCree's also quit, or he was yeah. fired. Yeah. Um, and he kept saying at the beginning of the movie, like, Kevin's like, I will be the new protector of the vault. And he's like, don't throw your life away like I did mine. And then he's like, there's one thing we can do. Blows up the whole fucking thing. <laughs> like, I was like, why did you do that years ago? Right. I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, you could have had a whole life. Like, can, I know this is, this is going to be kind of dark. You could have just gone in there with a baseball bat and taken care of it in a night. Right. Like, these things didn't seem that hard to kill. <laughs> no, no. Like, a bunch of, like, uncoordinated 18-year-olds could take them out. <laughs> you just go in there, and you make one awful night of it, and you call it a day. Right. Um, and McCready has, like, one of the most insane lines I've ever heard in any movie. He's like, it's funny that they would choose a movie studio to come to, and, like, maybe they thought they belonged in a dream factory. <laughs> It's wacky. At this point, Amy just comes over and just pulls Kevin away from the old man. Right. Um, Nick ends up being revealed as alive. He's just, like, on crutches and has, like, wounds, which look like they're just colored in with, like, a red marker. Kyle has also started hitting on Daphne. Yeah, and Daphne sees Nick and instantly rejects Kyle's advances. Um, and Daphne and Nick jump into his van to boink as... <laughs> Amy and Kevin also decide to later boink, but yes. not in that van. Yes, they they opt to not do that in the van. And in the, in, in the words of once again, in the words of SP, okay, she's she's made her decision. They're going ahead with the sex. Yeah, so that's how this little romp ends. 
You know what? I we said last week don't watch Veterans Christmas. Like, don't even watch that for fun because it's not fun. Watch this. This is fucking fun. This is definitely a movie that you can watch with a bunch of friends and laugh. And like, you don't even have to pay attention all the time. You can just like watch it with your friends and have a good time. Just like, like just making fun of how ridiculous this is. Yeah. I don't it, even say it's making fun of it. It's just ridiculous, and it's funny as hell. I mean, it's not a good movie, but it fucking moves. Yeah. Like you, it. They can't. They kept go. They kept going to new fun places. Right. Like, like things don't have to be. I don't know. It's just like the settings are kind of fun for it in general. Where I feel like a veteran's Christmas, the setting was so much of a non-factor. I didn't really know where we were. It didn't really matter. This one moves from like a a movie studio. It moves to a like a shitty young adult house it moves to club scum like i don't know these are fun settings to be in yeah like like reputation road like they're so ridiculous but they're so fun that it makes it worth it yeah do you rate hobgoblins i'll give it like a solid c plus uh, you know what? b minus hell yeah like i think that's better like <laughs> it's better than drive yeah <laughs> didn't take much for the drive. Think about it. Is it better than drive? It it would be kind of funny and mad. Nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue that thought. But what? It's time to write a Hobgoblin's Degrassi crossover fanfiction. As long as they're of age. Well I mean like who's Unless it? it is just a bunch of kids running away from Hobgoblins, none of the sex just Well I was gonna like... Cage taking them out with like a fucking rake. Like <laughs> No, it's just like what like Marco's fantasy is Spinner actually being nice to him. He's like, wait a minute, something's wrong. <laughs> right. The hobgoblins have tapped into <laughs> Dylan going, I'm going to take accountability of the fact that I cheated on you. Marco's like, wait, 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 wait. This is not real. <laughs> or Marco is just like not anxious anymore. He's like, wow, I feel really calm. Something's wrong. When the hobgoblins is nearby. <laughs> when the hobgoblins got me. <laughs> It's a joyous romp. Yeah. But, um, do you have any recommendations for this bad boy? I mean, I would recommend... I I would recommend Hobgoblins. I would recommend the MST3K version, though, now that I've seen it with just straight, I think that one's also fine. I think this movie, I did not see it without, I saw it without any bells and whistles, and I had a fun time. Like I said, watch it with your friends, and it's definitely, like, a really good, like, uh, late at night... You're winding down. You want to just like hang out on the couch and just scream laugh. Like this is this is the movie to do that. Um, I also I guess I'll give another recommendation, which is not directly related to anything, but um, I have been revisiting the album by the Screaming Females called The Rose Mountain, um, and it is really fucking good. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to revisit. It's uh, It's been out for a couple years at this point, but I strongly recommend checking it out if you have not or if you want to revisit it. Um, I've just been listening to it nonstop. There's some really good musical moments in it. There's some really good lyrics in it. Um, definitely recommend the song Hopeless. Definitely recommend the song Rose Mountain um, and Wishing Well. I think those are my three standouts, but the whole entire album is really good. Um... You know what? I'm gonna. I'm, I've started playing Skyrim again. I'm just gonna recommend that. Skirm, skirm, skirm. Yeah, like it, that's that game is still so nutty. I love it. <laughs> skirm, skirm. Um, 
So, if you want to continue the conversation with us, whether it's about Degrassi, whether it's about Hobgoblins, whether it's about anything that we put on our recommendations, feel free to email us at ihopod at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on social media at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, which is our Facebook group, or you can also follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod. Um, we should be getting those up and running consistently very shortly. Um, if you would like to support the show, there are two ways you can do it. You can, uh, other than downloading, of course, you can download, you can, you can donate money on coffee. Any money that we gain through coffee, through our coffee account goes toward compensating our guests as well as, um, tech upgrades. We also have our review challenge. Once we hit 20, we're going back into the Degrassi archives to actually check out Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High. Um, and then we have other tiers that we are able to offer. Um, so if you want to check those out, those are also around. Um, but thank you as always for support. This is um, our last episode of the year, right, Frank? Yeah. Um, I think this is going to, I mean, this is, yeah, it's going to come up, I think, after the new year. Ah, geez. 2020. Hey, baby. But, like, Donnie's still on break, so fuck it. I'm vacay. <laughs> But um, thank you, everyone, who has been with us during 2019. Um, it has been, it was a shit show of a year, but honestly, being able to record with my pal and pals um, about this show or other media or hobgoblins, whatever the fuck it is, has been an absolute joy. Um, if you want to talk to me um, outside of the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable, which is Fire Emblem Hellhole, but also is a place where I post some of my writing. Um, I have a meta I'm pretty proud of, which is up at the top, which is about Dimitri, Fire Emblem, and Borderline Personality Disorder. So if you want to check out that meta, feel free to read it. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and that's all I'm really offering on my end right now. Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, where I review teen movies with my sister. Um, at this point, we haven't decided what we're going to record, because, um, but... January is going to be New Year, no new Lohan month, so it's going to be some of the not great Lindsay Lohan movies. Oh dear. Um. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, I have an Instagram called Sorry What Challenge. I have a Wattpad where I'm posting chapters of a manuscript I finish. Its link is in the description. Um, and that's about it for me. So, that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.